Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller. I hunt for the latest and greatest authors and experts in self-help and ask them the in-depth questions I'm curious about for my own growth. I bring these conversations series to you so we can learn and grow together. This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we have the ability and capacity to pursue all we desire. And the topic of the episode is, I titled it, Having the Courage to Live Better. People who live with different health habits than the norm often get labeled as extremists. I should know. I've been doing this for 30 years. If you don't partake in the office pizza or with the church donuts or the family potluck, and you go for a run during your lunch break or play tennis on your date instead of seeing a movie, you're labeled a health nut, right? It's extreme. Like you've joined some new religion. And in truth, this reality and social pressure is enough to deter so many people from practicing the healthy habits they would otherwise adopt. I mean, a core longing of humanity is to belong and conforming to our surroundings is a natural desire and and reaction. When you join a gang, for example, the entire point is to conform to its ways. And we all belong to numerous gangs of sorts, and we generally accept their subsequent social pressures. Most people have three primary gangs, at least their immediate family, the workplace, and then friends and extended family and close social groups. Bucking the norms is just difficult, but for you to adopt a healthy lifestyle that does not include the norms of our current times, it just does require what can seem like to other people and even to us as extreme choices. And we live in a time when characteristics such as even kindness, compassion, and ethics and justice seem extreme as well. It may simply come down to, again, like I titled it, the courage to do what is best for ourselves and really humanity, which often is, in fact, not the norm. Hey, if you get value from this self-helpful podcast and this episode, please help me out. Do leave a review. Let me know what you think. Let others know what you think. Best thing you can do is talk about what you hear on this episode with someone else. You can always find me on my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Well, next up, join me and my co-host, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my dear friend to discuss the courage needed to live differently than the majority of the culture and your social groups. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra-rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right. Well, the the impetus uh, for the topic here on on extreme for the show comes from the book Undoctored by William Davis, MD. That's where I got the terminology. Not like it's a new thought that that, that we've ever had or talked about. But let me read what he writes because it's a great intro. He says, "At first, you may view some of the dietary strategies in Undoctored as extreme, but you will learn that it's not the undoctored eating strategies that are extreme. It's modern eating habits that are the extreme. Extremely." counter to our evolutionary past, extremely adrift from the reality of realities of human uh, physiology, extremely illogical, extremely unhealthy. You will begin to appreciate how far off course modern dietary habits have wandered as we dive deeper into this way of thinking. It will also begin to make sense why returning to the way humans were supposed to be eating all along reverses an impressive list of health conditions. Pretty good overview, eh? I think we're getting in the show right there. Okay. Well, it's just, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs> well, but this is the stuff that you live out tangibly. I mean, we talk about it, and it's a part of my world, but you live it out every single day with every patient, but maybe especially the, the next new patient, but I think even the ongoing ones that are six months down in the process and struggling with the reality of this and, and the reality that, that I want to have some compassion for, even as we uh, support today, is that... You're, we're right. In today's world, short. It's been a short span, but we're talking about living in an extremely different way, and that is difficult. It's difficult for you and me, even today. This morning, we had our guys group and a cup of coffee and a, and a friend, and we talked about this very thing that it hits all of us every day: uh, lifestyle choices. And a, a child who's a teenager to look up at you and say, really? Like, really? Like, like that's, the, that's the expectation. And on one hand, is, is also we, you can't live with no sugar forever. But then on the other hand, what's the cost of whatever exposure to whatever thing that we happen to be talking, talking about? And that's the point of today is to put it into perspective. Yeah, we can make this show just about middle school boys specifically because <laughs> there's the hardest crucible of trying to deal with the social pressures, the extremism of not only the way they eat, but like for you and I, you know, the kids with with their phones and screen time and whatever. And we talk to the kids now and, you know, my son recently who just turned what he turned 15 and he's wanting he does have an old smartphone and uh, handed down from an older sibling that's cracked and whatever, and he can get Wi-Fi access, but we don't have a cell plan. And he's you know, wanting that. And I'm going, dude, I, I was your age once, and they didn't even exist. <laughs> there wasn't even a flip phone, and we actually lived and, and made it, which is absolutely true and, and to me relevant, but to him it's absolutely irrelevant because not having a phone, not having a smartphone, not having connectivity and a cell phone plan and communication with his peers 
not having that is beyond extreme. It's like Amish, man. <laughs> and and that's what we're talking about to go to, you know, the average family gathering or even just in our homes with a spouse who may not be on board or kids who are living in the culture and to say no, we're going to eat a lot of vegetables and not eat all these uh processed things. We're going to exercise, we're going to whatever is in a lot of ways it's extreme and that is just a difficult and very real pressure. Yeah. It uh Right. I'm, I'm smiling because of everything that we've so, so much is wrapped up in that of the daily exercise of a choice here and there. And you and I just sat down and had lunch and it's, you know, an easy Friday afternoon and it's it, our lunch would be extreme by many people's standards, but we still had a little chocolate M&Ms. And you it know, was, well, 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 it was not M and M's, dude. That's 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 okay. On the bad yeah, you're side. right. Sorry. It was some dark uh, chocolate Giardelli chips. <laughs> yeah, chips. Sorry, <laughs> I paid extra for those things at eighty percent or seventy percent chocolate or whatever, and, and less sugar. But you're right. And you asked that. I mean, you're sitting there eating your bowl of I don't know. It looked like a bunch of greens. It was like rat, people. People would laugh at you and yeah. go, "Oh, Randy's eating rabbit food." Hey, an well, avocado and cabbage. Yeah, and an apple, I think, is and what an you apple. had. And I had, what did I have? A little tuna, uh, some quinoa, and some Brussels sprouts. And man, that is just, that's along the food uh, that a lot of people, quinoa and Brussels sprouts. And right there, you get labeled, oh, you're one of right. those people. You're a health nut. You're extreme, as opposed to going, dude, I'm just eating like my grandpa. If, if we came out, if we came, you know, brought somebody back in time, uh, went back and brought somebody forward. They would recognize that food. Yeah, they would look at it and it would look like a reasonable meal. They'd look at the other, the, the food over here at Sonic or the average person's, you know, processed food or or gigantic plate uh, of over, you know, over, it's too much food and be shocked. So again, we are in this. So as much as we want to commiserate with the pressures of this it is relevant. We, I think we have to make it relevant that we are not, this isn't some new fad. This isn't some extreme health nut thing. We're just saying, man, we have gotten in a short period of time into a very bad dietary and even exercise, you, yeah. you know, uh, our sedentary culture that is a very small and anything contrary to that seems extreme, but man, it's not, it's going back. It'd be like saying you walk, like you actually use your legs to get somewhere. You don't, Get, get on your hover chair. On your hover, yeah. We're thinking of Wally again, <laughs> oh, Wally, is, which will probably be there yeah. in ten years ago. People, seriously, you you Why walk? Would you walk if you don't have to. There was some sci-fi show in recent years. I, I have not been able to figure it out. Where a couple in the movie, like the star couple, are going to have you know some intimacy, some sexual relations here, and she like sits back and puts on some glasses, and he's not from the same era, and he starts to touch her. She goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. we don't actually touch." <laughs> <laughs> I wish somebody would tell me what that movie is, because I've always wanted to find that scene, because that depicts where we're heading. Is it Minority Report? I, I thought it was, I, and it wasn't. popped into my head. I, it did me, too, and it wasn't that one. I, I looked at it. But again, we are going, oh, so you are actually going to eat natural foods. You're you know, use your teeth. <laughs> use your teeth. Yeah. And so here we are. Just, let's just talk about just on the nutrition side, uh, you know, the aspect of going into the grocery store, which we all do at this point, and uh, sh- knowing that the majority of the good foods that you and I are going to eat and get for our families are on the outer aisles, not in the middle. You know, the produce is usually over on the right, and hopefully that's the majority. You've got you know, dairy meats, cheese stuff in the back and even the fish. And I'm thinking a city market for us and, uh, you know, hummus over here, the refrigerated stuff that will rot. 
uh, as opposed to the middle aisles full of all the stuff that will not rot that according to Michael Pollan would then qualify as not being actual food. Right. Yeah. And it's the, it's the exact same stuff that they ate a hundred years ago. Uh huh. And, uh, it seems so awkward and extreme boring maybe in our culture today, where if there's not extra MSG for flavoring and packaging and convenience, well, and I'll be a little vulnerable. This morning, I had a few words with my youngest because I suggested that he eat last night's leftovers for lunch, which was actually a very good egg-based meal. And But he has decided he doesn't like it, so tears immediately come. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm trying to reason with a nine-year-old. It's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want to eat? And of course, he says, "Well, could I have a bar?" And and of course, he can a bar, meaning like a health bar, a health bar, uh, with a granola just, bar, a gr- yeah, just another. But I just want people to see to hear this. Here you are, Doctor Randy James, yeah. functional medicine uh, <laughs> expert here in America, and your kid cried this morning because you wanted them to eat something healthier. The, the conflict is there. Yeah the the normalness in his mind of what food should be is right there in the pantry. And he's like, Dad, you don't even have to do it. I'll make my lunch. It's just, I'll, it's right here. So we compromised, and it was apple slices with sun butter. And there was less here. <laughs> sun butter, which is, what is that? Sunflower seed. Sunflower seed, seed yeah. butter, yeah. You, go, you know, and, uh, and we talk about, we have so many times, another uh, key book is Blue Zones by Dan Butner, Butner right. Uh, where he is saying, here's the healthiest people, the longest living and the best quality of life in these regions. And he goes around and there's five, I think, Okinawa, Japan and man, uh, I, uh, Loma Linda area. Uh, there's one in Costa Rica. Um, but Crete. He, yeah, yeah. And it, but he goes, he goes there, he's looking at these cultures and there they are a community of people who live a certain way, live a certain style. And we would all say, yeah, it's back. It's like the Amish, man. They're living yeah, back there. The dark ages. But there's no pressure. That's how they eat. They eat slow. They take long periods. They have family and conversation over their food. They eat the stuff that they picked out of the local area and that's it. And they are the healthiest. And that's where, you know, William, uh, Dr. William Davis here is saying that, uh, that's what it leads to is, is health. It's not extreme. It's just normal bygone (laughs) age. And now here we are. And I think we'll, I think we'll see segregation, you know, from that as, as technology increases and convenience increases, whatever people who are saying, this is not healthy. Yeah. Is it fair to say that, that we've, we've come full circle where now technology We'll get to the topic of, of fasting and some other things like that, but the the technology of let's use sleep as an example, where sleep is another example of well, this has been around for a thousand years and it's pretty normal, and and people didn't used to need ten hours, and now we're so much healthier that we only get by on six hours of sleep, and 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 that's a betterness or a modernness. We have more time for free time and watching TV. No, what we're actually finding as technology advances is the incredible complexity of sleep and the necessity of it and all four phases of it and the timing of it. And you can't technologically get around that. It, yeah. there's the, but what have we done over here with our food? We have come and we've eliminated seasons. We've eliminated 
the fact that you only get blueberries if you live in Maine. Now we've got a logistical place, uh, a standard where trucking and, and even across the world can happen. So, so in, and it's all been good. It's been ingenuity. It's been technology. But there's, and we've created a new normal that we're only just now opening our eyes to and the consequences of it. And I don't think that we're going to get to another technological, you know, we see it in Wally and stuff like that where they're just, they're, they're drinking their nutrients or they're shoving it into an IV. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We're, we're going to need to have a conscious effort to, and it's not getting back to a bygone era. It's not getting back to oldness or it's, you know, the good old days. It's the advancement of the knowledge that chewing your food in a slow pattern with people that you love is is it it is really good that's the medicine for yeah. the body well and anyway, it's also worthy of pointing out when we go back and talk about way back when i've i've consistently heard people when you get on this topic say yeah well what about back in the 1800s and people only lived till they were 35 or 40 okay so they had you know natural whole foods from their area but they didn't eat, you know, there were certain areas where they ate no vegetables, no fruits. They were just eating meats and breads and whatever, and not getting these nutrients over here. And they left them susceptible to, you know, diseases that happened at that time. Okay. Granted, we can always find exceptions, but this, we got to go back to some just basic logic on this to think, what is the body actually made for? Was it made to reside on the, again, to cite Michael Pollan's book on something that comes out of a box that, you know, macaroni and cheese, that if your grandma made it, it would have three ingredients and we buy it at the store and it has 50 of stuff that we can't explain. Does it really make sense that that stuff is going to help the body, uh, help the body flourish and be at its best? I think we could all say, you know, no. But, you know, again, back to this, the truth of it, though, in which I wish we could come say, you know, hey, it's not extreme. It, it is. Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate reality that, that just as much as I want to be, I, I want to slow things down. We're reading books right now on slowing things down. And we've had friends who have talked about going back to flip phones because of the distraction of the you know, smartphone. And that feels extreme. It really shouldn't be. Um, I read one recently, a, a primary business leader who said, I'm done with the email. I've been doing it for two decades now, and I'm not going to do that. Well, in doing so, he's going to shut the doors to some aspects of uh, communication. I use Facebook for my business. You do not. Maybe you could benefit more, Dr. Right. James, by using Facebook. Probably, and maybe you'll have somebody do that at some point, but can we live, can we survive, can we flourish without these things that we think of as necessities and be extreme. And then it just comes to, you know, what's, what is your goal? And if my goal is to be the healthiest Kevin Miller fit mind body to have less symptoms, more performance, then it behooves me to eat. Let's just stick on that to eat and exercise in a certain way that is contradictory to the short term, but current culture, uh, that we have is going to call you extreme. Yeah. And it is, and it's a pain in the butt. Well, you're right. It is. It just flat it is. is. It's, it's our way of living will be called extreme by most average people in our society. And, I, and you and I are drawing a line in the sand and saying, so be it. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. 
I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'll still come back and say, I drew that line, but then I moved it over for my nine-year-old this morning. Right? I, 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 yeah. I, I bent. I, and I have a 14-year-old who's now... You know, I've had my time of insistence from, you know, zero to 13 and saying, eat this way. And now he's going out with friends and under these influences. And, and, uh, it, so another example of my family where, uh, we went skiing just last weekend. I think I told you about it where he's got his buds in the back and and I could see it happening. And they whispered something in his ear and he's like, oh, dad, we need to stop at a gas station. And what does Michael Pollan say? That's no don't food buy, there. Don't buy your gas. If you get it from a, a drive-through window or at a gas station, <laughs> a gas station or a hardware store, it's not good. And I roll my eyeballs and I'm like, okay. And uh, so yeah, they come out three kids with a six pack of Sprite and a bag of Doritos. And in my ear, I'm listening to one of my favorite doctor teachers, Peter Atia, who is literally just laying out the biochemistry of the horrific 
consequences of fructose. Of what that's going to do and to them. I right? just, yeah. okay, I didn't buy it. They had to spend their own money on it, but I just supported Doritos. And I'm just like, ah, it's well, dissonant. And to what you say, you know, are we looking at that and absolutely pointing all, and it's all, you know, it's all sinful stuff. It's terrible stuff. And you would say, no, if, if your boys were doing that on a ski trip twice a month, man, have at it. It's when they're doing it every single day at school and eating out of the vending machines and whatnot. And same with us that we're doing the drive through um, or, or, you know, e- even the so-called decent restaurants that we grab something from or get takeout at work or whatever that is usually too much food. Yeah. And then how much fat and junk well, and whatever. So is it fair for you, for us to say, we just drew a line over. And there's going to be some of my patients that have to say, I, I can't do that. I can never have a bag of Doritos. I'm going to be like, you're right. Yeah. Because their level of pathology, their, their own personal goals for performance or whatever, you know, an Olympic athlete is going to say, hey, for a year, I'm not, I, I just don't do that yeah. because my performance level has to be over here. So, so I think you and I also look out at the world and we say, okay, most people are going to say what we're doing is extreme, but, but I still, you know, I still got Sprite and Doritos, you know, I, I still compromised. And I think every family has to intellectually and with wisdom and care and concern for the way their family is and their kids and all of that. And then you make the next best right choice that you can. Mm-hmm. But there's always the but. My, my youngest has an autoimmune condition and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be less likely to say okay to him and Doritos. And he's going to perceive that as extreme and not fair. Mm-hmm. And well, if anything, we're teaching our kids the basic cause and effect. And I think that our kids mm-hmm. understand that. Uh, now, I've seen my older kids grow into it. Now, I have three older kids who seek out healthy food uh, mm-hmm. and natural food. As a matter of fact, they now judge me. Uh, no lie. They judge me. Well, I've got a couple that are now, you know, vegan, no animal products. So they, a judge is a bad word. And that's part of what makes this whole thing difficult is because when we get to a place of something where we think it has been healthy for us, it has helped us and it is good and right and true. And we want to, in all love, pass that on. It's hard for that not to become, you know, a judgmental thing, which is a great response for folks, you know, for when you get that thing, Oh, you're one of those, you know, health nut people. I used, I came from the aspect of, of getting that type of thing and getting on a soapbox and saying, yeah, and this is reason and this reason and Dr. William Davis said, and look at this book and whatever, as opposed to now often just saying, you know what, you know, I, I get that. I just, I just feel better. I just found out that if I eat these things and this, and I, man, I really like physical activity and stuff. So I just, man, I just feel better. I know it's kind of, kind of goofy and it really derails people some to some extent when you do that and especially because then they'll realize gosh yeah i've got this ache and pain and whatever my little boy uh nakota who's what is he oh he just turned 10 today and in the past couple years though we put him in any running race and he wins and he realizes that he is sensitive to dairy that gluten makes him feel bloated and gassy and so he'll go now he's not as much under social pressure as our uh, teenage boys or middle school boys and such. Uh, but he'll go and I'll tell me, buddy, you can have whatever. It's not going to kill you. So at the little party, if they have uh, pizza and ice or, you know, cake or whatever, go at it. And afterwards, you know, I'll ask him about it and he'll say, I just, I just didn't eat. 
And I feel bad. I feel bad for him. Like I am just, I'm so terrible. I didn't, he didn't enjoy me. He says, I just don't, I just don't feel as good. And you know, I've got the race tomorrow. Oh my gosh. What a horrible life for a 10 year old, <laughs> Kevin. Oh, but he, but they get it. They get it. Cause I'm saying, why do you, we don't train you as a runner to, why are you doing so well? Why do you, you know, you do well at school as you think there's a cause and effect. And they get that even though our middle school boys may in the moment decide, you know, dude, I'm not taking a pita pocket with sprouts sticking out of it for my lunch dad. That is embarrassing. I'd rather not eat, which in truth uh, happens a lot of times. We have kids who will decide just not to eat and skip a meal, which is great. Yeah. He uses that word embarrassing. It's like, yeah, "Ah," you know, so the social pressures for a teenage middle school boy, and we know that that's normal. They're, they're going to put more value on, on the social coin than on the parental coin at this phase. And hopefully we've raised them in a way that they can think and, and make good decisions through that. And uh, okay. So that's, that's a reality. And even you and I, you know, decades later, we, we had a, a very awesome dinner last night, but I learned something about that level of key lime pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, was, it just, just, I paid a consequence. Well, let's talk about, you know, Blue Zones. We did. We ate a dinner. It was a business-oriented uh, dinner. Um, but the lady who hosted it is, is she celiacs? She is celiac. She is yeah. celiacs with some other stuff. So uh, no gluten. I mean, not a hint of it in right. the entire meal, but she still made some things that went outside of her diet. There, I don't, I can't remember. There was some dairy there or someone, but she's made the statement that, ah, there's only about half of the stuff here that I'll even eat. So she made stuff and she was, she had no, you know, no shame in that. Now, granted, she was with us. She knew the crowd that she was in. Uh, it was a great, it was a good blue zone moment. Yeah. I, I appreciated how you brought that up. Like, you know, everything on this table is, she kept saying the word clean you know, like, uh, like whole. Michael Pollan, it was whole yeah. foods, even though, yeah, there's sugar and key lime pie and whatever else, but it's real what, ingredients. The salad had quinoa, uh, oh, croutons. Croutons. Quin- yeah. quinoa croutons. Pretty good. And, um, but for me, I think it was that overindulgence of sugar and, uh, well, we had bad wine sleep too. and uh, yeah, along with nice wine, That's good wine. And so, so I've, I learned something about myself and it's not worth it to have that bad of a night and the next day you're off at, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it, I, it's hard for me. And for me to then expect my 14 year old to yeah. up his ante to b- bypass, you know, his friends jump in the car on the ski trip day and they toss each other a pack of Skittles. And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, and it just, it is, uh, so we're bumping up on this extreme idea. Do I just lambast these kids and say, no way, not in my car. You're not doing that. And I think that would cause more harm than, than good at some point. I, well, and that's part of a big part of what this specific episode is, is a social pressure is having grace for ourselves, having grace for others, you know, back just on that aspect that this has come up multiple times in my family and probably has yours we'll be in a social situation, something will be offered. And one of the kids will go, Oh, we can't have that. I can't have that. Or we can't have that. And I've gotten to where now they know not to say that because I'll bristle and go, yes, you could have that. And to let that be the response. So I want everybody to hear that. That is an appropriate response to go, you know what? I I, don't tell people that I'm so sensitive. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. It's that, you know what? I've just found out. I feel best. If I don't eat that, I can, I can eat that. I can, there's nothing I can't eat. 
but I just feel best when I don't eat that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that, but thank you so much. That is such a different perspective. I think even for our own psyche, because otherwise it gets us the feeling that we're fragile. And I pointed it out to my kids. I said, okay, you're talking like that. Do you, and I use myself cause they, they do look up to me. I got to admit that it's, it's, it's humbling, but they look up to me as an athletic, you know, muscular, not your average dad. I said, do you guys perceive me as fragile? I said, well, no. I said, how do you guys feel like athletically and, and brain wise? Do you feel fragile? Think of your, I said, no. Why are you talking about that in relation to these things that we can't eat? So let's stop saying that and just say, gosh, we choose not to, because we found that we sleep better, think better, feel better. If we don't, it's a big change. It, it is. And it isn't. So I'm going to quote an ancient Chinese proverb, <laughs> ancient proverb scripture from somewhere. All things are permissible, yeah, but they're not profitable. But they're not profitable. Okay, there you go. Right out of the box. So I didn't, I didn't just create that. Then, yeah. Huh? Sorry, Shoot. Kevin. <laughs> I'm about to tell my kids that that was actually in the Bible. Okay, and and that's a good. And uh, here, here's another extremism in our world today. People want to be told, "Eat this, not that." I can here. I can't there. It is black white. Right, it, and 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 the fact is, it's easier to live that way. It it, it actually is. It well, actually is. There's a there's a short term uh, for that. That's a, that's called being a Pharisee, meaning you unhook your heart, your soul, your brain, and you you only rely on rules: right, wrong, good, bad, black, white. And these days, red, blue state. You know who you vote for. You're good. You're bad. You vaccinate. You don't. Right. There's so many of. And I'm like, wait a minute, what about vaccine in this situation, in that situation, for this kid, for that kid's genetics? No, 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 no. You either do or you don't. You're good, bad, right, wrong. And there's a problem there. Well, no, wait, I, I'm not sure. I mean, for myself, though, it is easier if I just decide, man, I, do, I, don't, I tend not to do well with corn products. It's, it is easier just to go, eh, I just don't eat those things. I mean, it's easier for my own psyche and yeah, willpower. You just had a birthday. Yeah. And you didn't say that okay well last night at the, at the thing uh the, the stew or soup or whatever had corn in it and i did eat it i don't know what all it had in it actually i ate it and i was so bloated and didn't sleep well just like you got some spots on my face this morning and of course i skipped well i skipped food i we, we just had we had a, I had a small lunch just now but skipped it to make up for it so i you know i mean being the flex terry calls it my wife the flexitarian you know yeah. not being so rigid but i but in general i think it's I'm okay with the, you know, deciding in general, I just don't eat dairy doesn't do me well or corn or, you know, sugar just doesn't, I just don't feel as well. I agree. I agree that in general, that's, but you can't take what you just generalized for yourself and create a generalization for your family. No, no, absolutely not. Or for all people. Right. But we live in an era with all these diet books and all these whatever that say, okay, I have figured for myself it was don't eat legumes and, you know, the Steve Gundry diet. And for these other people, it's the keto. And so then you, we fracture, fractionate things off and then people find their little, their little niche and then they create good, bad, black, white. And I, I don't think that the end result is going to be found in that or that the best end result for the most people is going to be found in, in that space. Just in being rigid, you mean? Well, I'm I'm, I'm hitching on my words here because we're talking about this extreme idea and rigidity and unbending. And there's a time and a place for rigidity. 
Well, so, so in the aspect of we don't have to be trapped by it as well. I mean, we don't have to be... Right, that you've got to pull in your thinking capacity, your yeah. emoting capacity. And at the same time, you can't get you be trapped by an emotional response to food. Well, okay, so is this what you're getting? I mean, like last night, if I looked at... Uh, the foods that were out there primarily because it was like uh, three different types of chili and, and whatever. Dude, I, you know, I, I took a food test. I'm, I have a, a sensitivity to legumes. Um, well, they were in everything. So were nightshades, uh, which sure. is also high for me. So some kind of tomato. And to respect where I was at, I ate it. And I was bloated and didn't sleep so well, but I honored the home that I was in and I chose to do that. Now, would it have, have wrecked the social engagement if I had said, because I was a time being man back when we were vegan, I would have brought my own stuff and a little Tupperware. That is hard. So the choice is to be that countercultural in the moment or to just give in for you know that, that one period like I did. And I won't do that something like that for a long time or not go. Um, those are three options, but again, so I did imbibe, if I want to say that I got yep. came off my black and white, but now I won't, I may not do that for the next two months. Right. Um, which is harder if you are a business person that is consistently, right. I mean, I know some people at every lunch is a business lunch, uh, and, and half the evenings and people who travel, right. uh, is difficult though. I've talked with a lot of people said, man, I've figured out how to stick with my diet 80%. Even when I'm traveling, even right. in other countries, yada, yada. That's a, that's a good point. And I'm thinking of a couple of patients and one in particular. She travels around the world and, and um, where, where she goes, her job is to really encourage and motivate uh, the local people who are part of the company that she's with. And so, you know, for them, it's like they haven't seen the, the boss people come around for a year or two. So for them, it's special. Oh. Equals nearly always celebratory food. I was going to say, there's the. But whole for her, thing. week in and week out is going to these specials. Yeah. yeah. And for her to say, eh, you know, I do better if I don't do that. It feels, but it's it's wrecking her physiology. And so we were just wrestling with this together to think, you know, if if it was special for some culture to say, Kevin, we are so honored that you're here. Here's a concubine. Right. I mean, this is just the way that they do things. Goodness, you, you that's would, a great analogy. You would say, oh, gosh, I, you know, for me, this, there's a, a line here. Mm -hmm. and, and they would say, that's extreme and, and you're threatening us. So there's, there's the, the right time and the right place. It's going to go back to, like you said, for your son, do you want to, you know, all things are permissible, but not profitable. And well, and take what you said, though, you're showing extremes because the majority of our pressure here in this extremism is with the coworkers that we work with every single day or the uh, family members or extended family that we have, you know, Sunday meal with every week. And that is one where, of course, we're not going to give in that many times. We're just going to say, you know what, this is just how I've chosen to eat. And yeah. You know, so let's make a joke about it if we want to, I'm the health nut guy or whatever. And, but then go on. And I think often what happens, at least what I've experienced myself is people see a benefit. They see, uh, that you, gosh, you don't get sick that often, or how are you as old as you are? And as, you know, as trim as you are, how do you, I've gotten this, how do you do it, Kevin? Because they expect that, okay, gosh, maybe if I was just a you know, single guy or just married, but you got nine kids, how do you do 
it within that. It takes away some of the barriers. I go through, it's hard. And that's where I'm, there's no big soapbox of just, um, uh, you know, neither of us are the guys who go, yeah, just do it. You know, no excuses. You do it, man. We're, we're living the trial of it, but we're also living the benefit. And I guess that's the other thing that comes to this. Is it worth it for the payoff? And if you haven't experienced the payoff, you've got to have faith in that. If you've done this extremism, you know, for a while and experience the payoff, most people will say, my gosh, I will never go back. And it is worth it to them in any way, shape or form. Cause we're not talking. One thing I wanted to point out here, we're not talking uh, in this whole pursuit of wellness of we we're never going to mention outside of me speaking it now, a hack. You know, right. there's no, no hack. This is, this is a lot. This is choosing a lifestyle saying, I want this from life. We do that with relationships. I want this in a relationship. I want this in a job. We're saying, this is what I want for my health and wellness. This is how I'm going to live my lifestyle. Not just right. lifestyle is almost a harder word as biohacking <clears throat> in that it's gotten wrecked. Baggage, you know, with yeah. The, yeah. So would it be fair to say that uh, along the lines you were just saying, and it, it occurred to me that where right now, you know, my, I'm thinking through the lens of my own teenagers and, and through a lens of maybe more sugar, desserty kind of stuff, but five, six years ago or somewhere down that pathway, gluten became an issue with one of my kids, and it was a side issue for me personally. I actually had labs that said, you're sensitive, and I didn't believe it. No, I remember it because I felt kind of proud because I had we had already gone gluten free, and, and I was you, still. You're the one that changed our diet. Around, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're the one. And, and if people haven't heard this, I think we talked about it on the show is when my my boy who just turned ten when he was born, my wife's nursing him, and he is looks like he's got leprosy. That's an exaggeration, but man, face was modeled. We came to Randy and. Uh, and you said, man, he's reacting to something. I'm like, seriously, that breast melt filtered out all the crap, and the kid's going to get the best. You said, I, I don't know. So Terry went on the uh, 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 comprehensive elimination trial. Elimination, yeah, uh, thank you, which cuts out, what are the top ones? Dairy, gluten, corn, and soy. Everything. <laughs> yeah. To us, it was everything. Cause she, was eating, she was doing a lot of dairy. She was doing cheese you know, for protein for the baby. And uh, cut it out, and he got better. Boom, got better. And then it was add it back in and see what the culprit is and found out it was dairy. So the dairy she was eating, he was getting through breast milk, and he was reacting. Anyways, you're the one that dramatically you know, changed our diet. And years later, gluten, we went gluten-free before you did. And I, I, I think I didn't realize it. And you said, yeah, I just... Man, I'm not looking forward to this gluten-free thing. Oh, we already did that. I, my, pride, <laughs> well, that my pride was yeah. kind of going on there. It. It took it. It took the decision. We've we've talked about that a lot too. A, a switch in my brain, yeah. and and that was the the a kid who needed to do it. A lab that was pretty uh, indicative, and then I just also you know kind of like with you, I just needed to experience it myself. I've been through, and when when I'm thinking that, I'm saying at least ninety days. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people say two weeks or something like that. So for the issues that I was thinking of, and so so days zero through thirty, I didn't notice anything. And and the thing that I was noticing in me was stiffness, sore joints. And I thought, okay, I'm forty seven or whatever I was at the time, and I'm feeling it like it's age and thinking down that pathway. And then days thirty through sixty, no different. But sure enough, around days eighty. Somewhere around in there, two and a half months in, I'm like, I can tie my shoes easier without the, yeah. without the grunt of going down and coming back up and whatever. And I'm like, there, there you go. And then uh, later on, we traveled and I had that, that famous, I had a donut that was my, <laughs> had some famous donut shop in whatever city we were in. And it just wrecked me joint wise. 
So there you go. So since then, and my point all that was to say, okay, I don't, there's the vision of how this is threatening me. Yeah. To me, it's not worth having a donut here and there. So we drew a line and that was the extreme, you know, be gluten-free. And, and for the next few months, because the other thing in my, my habit of breakfast for previous like 20 years was a peanut butter toast and a coffee with really good bread, really good peanut butter, really good coffee. And that was just it. I loved it. And then coming out of that felt so extreme, felt so hard. And we made, we made a change in habits and now it's, it's better. The, the extremism is gone is what I'm trying to get to. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm with you. I do want to, I don't want to miss though, that when we talk about gluten-free, um, that, that, that the kind of the travesty that surrounds mm-hmm. gluten, well, you speak to right. It. That so please, just I tell people, just don't go eat gluten-free stuff. You know, gluten-free bread, gluten-free cookies, gluten-free crackers. These are not health. These are not health products. Yeah, look at the the manufacturer. Often they're even worse. They're than, even worse. Yeah. And and for me, uh, I I have a hard time with corn. And even more so, corn byproducts like maltodextrin. Uh, what's the one with the X? Xanthan gum. Xanthan gum. Yeah, um, that are in all these gluten. free Oh my things. gosh! Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the gluten free are primarily corn. Now we do have some that are uh, rice, rice based or bean based. And some of the rice ones don't. Yeah, rice and beans. Sometimes you can find those that don't have too many junk uh, products in them. But generally, yeah, if I have to pick between those, I'll do like a, an Ezekiel bread, a sprouted wheat that is gluten because it bothers me less than the gluten-free stuff with all that, which again, just goes back to the individual. individual. Right. Yeah. And it, it, there we go again to where people perceive, okay, gluten-free. And then in our modern society, we just replace it with some other kind of non-food because I, I need a cracker to hold my guacamole or whatever. And it's, it's, okay, I get it. But it, it were and the science and the technology is saying no 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 go back to the actual food that makes the cracker. 
right? Get the processing yeah. piece out and go back to the original. Broccoli is still broccoli. And corn and rice and all these things are, are still broccoli what they picks are. up guacamole pretty darn pretty good, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and, and on this you know we're so we're talking about the the reality of the extremism but you know you you've kind of brought up a thread here that i wasn't intending of also having grace and as i remember my mom talking about and this was relationally with you know an argument major on the majors not on the minors and i'm going back to you know my wife talks a lot about the 80 you know the 80 20 rule can we stick with our preferred diet 80% of the time. That's probably what we do even in the home. And you've been you know, talking about Doritos or whatever. Generally, Friday night is our taco. Dorito night. <laughs> well, taco or taco salad. And that's what makes it because it's basically it's just salad with some beans, same stuff. maybe some rice yeah. to put in it. Um, a lot of times they'll do cheese. Some of them do almond cheese who, who have more problems with dairy. Not that dairy is good for, for any of them, but do a little bit there. And that's what tips it off though. That's the excitement of it is it's a, you know, Doritos or they have a certain flavor, they chili, spicy chili or something like that. And they do it. And so we do it. It's once a week though. It's once a week. That's chip night. Is that the weekends we do, uh, S S days are sweets days. So, uh, those are the days that my little girl, she's waiting for Saturday because she knows she gets a little bit of ice cream. It's the coconut mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, coconut bliss. Yeah. That, in my phraseology, it's if, if you can, Monday through Friday, breakfast, lunch, dinner is kind of on track. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of a leeway for weekends and travel and, and those kind of things. And I think for most people, if we had grown up doing that, we'd have way less problems. Yeah. Right? If that was the norm... Which back to the biblical aspect of feasting. There was a time for feasting. It just wasn't every stinking day. Right. Um, and yeah, again, look at, you know, and I did, I did want to point out too, as we're talking about the social pressures, you and I have talked about it, kids' lunches. So let's say you've got a kid and you have done, and I, I've thought about talking about that. I mean, the whole issue of your kids ultimately getting them to eat, it gets into a how you parent and discipline your kids and train them. And I don't know if we want to go down that road, um, but we want our kids eating. Uh, you and well, I I'm, I'm a little sensitive there because your kids are, they'll eat, they're veggie eaters. Oh, and come on, compared to the norm though, your kids eat vegetables. I mean, they, well, okay. there's no problem when they get a plate and it's, you know, half vegetables. They may not like this one, but they like this one. They eat vegetables, they eat fruit, they eat your nut mix at home is whole raw, you know, nuts yeah. for the most part. I mean, they're eating that good stuff. But I wanted to say oh, with, so with our kids who are doing that, that the reality of, I don't want to pick on our middle school boys. Again, my high school kids were confident enough to go, man, I'm proud of what I'm eating. And they would take the pita pocket with the sprouts coming out. The little kids, they're proud too. They don't know any better. They don't have any social pressures for the most part. It's the middle school where we both experience boys who all of a sudden are balking and we send them with what I would, cause I was sending them and they'd yeah. come home and they hadn't eaten it. They hadn't pulled it out. I'm like, seriously, guys, you're that under you know, peer pressure. And I think I berated them at first. And they're like, yeah, we are. And I, and I backed down. And now my focus is, can I get a good breakfast in them? Can I get a good dinner in them? And lunch, try my best, but they may eat, as you said, a bar of whatever or nothing. Or, yeah, my son will just, he so, now, it's not worth it to him. He'd rather sleep 10 more minutes. To get up to make his own lunch, and I said, "I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make a lunch that you bring home 
uneaten. Well, and their testimony too is their lunch period is so, so short. short. Yeah, at home. They'd rather have, go outside and shoot and, baskets. And talk. And, yeah. Yeah, so they don't miss it at all. Now they come home, you know, I'll pick then up. And they're hungry. <laughs> they, oh my gosh. They're going to eat a meal at 3.30 or whatever. And then... It, be ready we, for we hit that too, and I said, "That's fine. You can eat your lunch at three thirty, but it, it can't be only snacky stuff." True, absolutely. Yeah. You got to get out the carrots. You got to get out the hummus. You, you got to have an apple, and it's just not come home and have two bars. No, I'm glad you pointed that because one of the boys mentioned that to me recently. He said he's used to you know they're used to the thing of oh you know you don't have a snack you'll ruin your dinner. Well, if the snack is good food, I don't care for one and two. They generally just eat both. They. Right, they're not running their. And dinner. we have kids who have negative body fat percentages. Yeah, I, I think because they're active and, and whatever. But anyways, again, that that aspect that I'm glad you brought up uh, on. If I can, I don't know of a better term, but moderation, even in our, you know, in our extremities, moderate, <laughs> moderate. Actually, that, sound, that, that sounds the wrong way. Extremities in our extreme though, but major on the majors, not on the minor. So if we decide, hey, here's what is best for us, best for our family, whatever, and if we can adhere to that, eighty percent of the time, and you're a rock star. I think. I mean, you're going to be. Can, can we say though? I just can't let moderation go. Okay. <laughs> because to the guy who eats ten candy bars a day, five is moderation. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's balance and moderation in context, right? So in context, we don't say, "Hey, there's a moderation on how many affairs you can have." There's 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 not right. That's a all things are not permissible in this context. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so we're over here in the food world, and now we have a whole lot of gray. So, but if yeah. somebody says, I don't want an autoimmune disease, I'm going to say, you don't have moderate. You are black and white for the next 90 days. Don't eat that stuff. And then let's reassess and see where you are. Now, can you be becoming the kind of person a year from now who can have a bowl of ice cream on a Friday night? Yeah, probably, but it's going to take a lot of work to get there and less moderation. Yeah. But if we're talking about our kids where there's not massive problems or whatever, then, okay, moderation in the context of the James Miller families and these kind of things, we're, and that, I hope that translates to people as it's not easy. We're struggling. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. I like how you said that because, like, you kind of mentioned Monday through pretty much Monday through Friday, we are on par. They are having whole foods, they are having, you know, vegetables and, and uh, fruits. And, you know, if we have uh, mostly fish, if we have that, it's going to be wild caught stuff. We're going to have whole grains if we have that, yeah. quinoa, rice, whatever. And that is five, you know, Monday through Friday for the most part. Well, Friday night might be some chips <laughs> added to that. And then Saturday is generally that, but then there's a little, you know, there's some ice, I say a little ice cream, but my middle school boys, oh my gosh, it, you know, as much as they can possibly fit in the bowl. But yeah, overall, I would probably say we're, we're 80% rock solid on a, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know better for folks hearing this who, who don't, uh, who aren't real well versed in that? If you, uh, the best little primer book is Michael Pollan's Food Rules. To so look through that, and they're eating what is actually food, and uh, mostly plants. I don't even know if I can yeah, say that half. I, I wouldn't put that. I think me. I'm I'm on Monday through Friday and and heavy on the plant side. You're, you're eating half. I, I know for lunch here. You're, yeah, you're half. I, I think you do more I, than I do. But not my not my kids. I mean, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Too high on the grain side. Too high on the. Yeah. I mean, really, it's the easy processed grains. Just because it's easy, that's what they like, and it just. You know, you know, I was thinking earlier too about the. You know, we have 
taken everything and exaggerated the amount. So what had a little sugar a hundred years ago in whatever right. now has four times of it to jack our taste buds. Yeah. Same thing with salt, same things with flavoring. And I would look back at the vegetables, not only my grandparents that my grandparents did, but I think my parents uh, as well. And, and now that's bland yeah. and the level that we go to my, my spice rack is pr- priority in there. And I make vegetables. When people come over, they, you know, talk about how they're not used to vegetables tasting that good, but I'm not saying that to brag on my cooking, but to say, it feels like to compete with the sure. tastes that are out there to make it comparable. I go to great lengths to spice stuff up, which I think you know, that's competing with the current culture. Well, and, and I don't know, I would say that's part of the, ancient culture. I mean, we've always had salt, pepper, and curry, right? That's, there's nothing new there. Yeah. I, I just think some people got screwed up on vegetables by people who made them and taste like crap. They're bland. Well, right. Or they're it went, we mushy went through and, the canning phase. And, oh, uh, right, right, and, right. Uh, I think the post-war grandma who had Brussels sprouts that had been free, frozen for three years. Right. <laughs> Those are, they're lacking now, grandma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I just, this is, Oh, hey, I, yeah. I thought of something that in the extreme world where with our kids and, and my son the other day said that my relationship with the phone and the one I was, basically he's got screen time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's was the word he's, he was like, it's embarrassing. None of my other friends have screen time. Their parents don't even look at their phone. I have screen time limits. Screen time limits. Right. right. So, and it was on Monday through Friday and it was 9 p.m. I'm like, you're supposed to go to bed. Why would I? And, and just the process of him bumping up onto a limit really jolted him. A limit compa- to something that's just cultural. Cultural. Didn't even no exist limits. when we were his age. But well, it didn't yeah. exist. And right now the limitations don't exist in his culture. Yeah. And, um, I thought that was really eye-opening of of a place where I didn't bend. Uh, you know, like there will always be limits on some of these things. And we went through and talked about the extremism of other things. We don't chafe at stop signs and red lights and you have to drive on the right-hand side of the road. It just, mm-hmm. that's, that's a limitation. You can only get in one fight a day at school. Just one, no more than that. Right. These kinds of things. You can use that one. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that one. Yeah. And, and so the, the, and I think he got it. Yeah. And then, but translating that specifically into foods is so much, I think, harder and mushier and, it's our number one drug it's our number one drug it's our number one culturally acceptable group activity and the expectations are that everybody eats the same that we go to a restaurant you pick off the menu and, and that's just it and even in this day and age when we have so much knowledge we have so many statistics to the detriment that our current diet is causing even amidst that it's still by far and large you're expected to just Go with the flow, and to not do that has a cost. Yeah, it has a cost. Yeah. Just like our last show, the high literal expense of time and money. This is a social pressure cost. cost. Okay, friends, I just want to elevate and exaggerate, even highlight just the real 
difficulty it is to buck the social norms around us. And I think that people in my place who are espousing this, who are advocating living differently can so easily just say, hey, just come on, just do it. Um, Like it's all up to you, should be no big deal. And it is a big deal. It's very difficult. And I have compassion for that. I hope we showed that in this episode. Um, But it does require us to be courageous, to live in the way that we feel is best for us and everyone else. But it's different than the norm. Thanks again for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. You've got value. It is just a great gift if you would leave a review and let people know what you think about the podcast and this episode. And the best thing you can do, talk about what you heard here with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.